Welcome to another episode of The Eccentrics with UI, where I have conversations with individuals that embody the three criteria that I look for before bringing them on the show. And those in the criteria are that they have traveled a fair bit, they have created a money-making venture, and lastly, they are willing to share a setback that occurred one time in their life, and most importantly, how did they rebound from that setback? Before we go into today's episode and I tell you who we are having on the show today, I wanted to let you know about my weekly newsletter that comes out once a week titled Three Nuggets Weekly. It's uh, a newsletter where I share three things during the previous week that I found valuable and I think might add value to your life. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this uh, newsletter, you can visit my website, www.uiukpong.com, insert your email address, and you would have this uh, newsletter once in your inbox every week. It's just uh, very brief, uh, where I share philosophy, I share either a documentary I watched in the previous week, or a news article, a book, um, a video, whatever it is. And I just share it with those that uh, subscribe to the newsletter. So once again, if you want to get uh, to be one of those uh, subscribers, visit my website, uiukpong.com. Insert your email address in there, and it will be waiting for you in your inbox once a week. With that, let's get into today's show. Well, today I'm privileged to have a conversation with a psychotherapist. And um, I'm going to share with you who this psychotherapist is. Her name is Natasha Pennycook. And who is Natasha? So Natasha is a mom, a wife, and a lover of popcorn. But she's also an award-winning psychotherapist, keynote speaker, workshop facilitator, and corporate consultant. She's the clinical director of Natasha Pennycook Psychotherapy, where her team of expert psychotherapists are changing the face of therapy and mental health on a global scale. Natasha's team works from an anti-oppressive, healing-focused, trauma-informed, anti-racism lens and social justice framework to help individuals, couples, and families to overcome emotional traumas, life transitions, workplace anxieties, interpersonal challenges, feelings of sadness, worry, and grief, and to seek clarity from marital miscommunication, mistrust, and postpartum difficulties. Each therapy session is specifically tailored to meet the unique needs of each individual client while working towards achieving specific healing goals. Natasha is currently offering corporate leadership and organizational workshops on workplace mental wellness, inclusion, and belong belongingness creating an anti-racist environment and supporting leadership equity. Natasha has volunteered with a number of community organizations in the GTA, is the current recipient of the By Blacks People's Choice Award for Best Canadian Council of 2020, and has been nominated again for the 2021 award. I was privileged to have a, a session, or let's call it a therapy session, with Natasha on the show so this is the first time that um, I have really opened up to you the audience about 
certain aspects of my life that a lot of people don't even know about. So sit back, enjoy, and grab some popcorn like she loves as well, and uh, enjoy this episode. Yeah, good evening, everyone. Uh, greetings from Nairobi, and good morning if you are listening to this where my guest is, which her name is Natasha Pennycook. But the Natasha is spelled differently, actually. is that She's the first person that I have come across with, and Natasha spelled the way it is. So it is spelled N-A-T-A-C for Charlie, not S for sugar, H-A. So it's amazing. I I was I think I'm going to start my first question there. But before I bring Natasha on, it's been a while since you heard from me. I have been busy, and I'm glad to be returning back to the snow very, very soon, which is next week. But uh, I want to thank Natasha for coming on the show. So, Natasha, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And to all the listeners listening, whether you are where I am in Canada, the Toronto area, right across the country, or in Kenya, Nairobi, or other parts of the world, hello, hello, and welcome. Fantastic. So let's start with your name. Did your parents decide to just play a trick on us? Or how did this, how did the C come? I'm ne- I've never come across with anyone with a C before in the Oh, Natasha. that's interesting. Actually, the C, the C is very common in French writing as well as in oh. Spanish writing. So I have met a number of people who also have their name spelt with a C, N-A-T-A-C-H-A. And um, usually those individuals have a Spanish background or a Latin American background or also a French background. So it's very common um, in French-speaking communities as well as in Spanish-speaking communities to spell the name with a C instead of an S. So I know you're from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are you from the part of the Caribbean that speaks French or Spanish? Like Trinidad? Neither. Neither? Oh. Neither. Neither. No, my parents wanted to do something different with my name. Ah, interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I, I was, uh, I want to thank the person that introduced both of us together, uh, Randy Quenser. And uh, basically, Randa spoke very highly of you. And uh, he also mentioned psychotherapy. So I was like, is that different from therapy as it is? And he was like, you know, you can ask her when you get to speak to her, but I know she's really, <laughs> she's really unlocked some things for me back in the day. So guys, Natasha is a psychotherapist. So let's start there. What is a psychotherapist? Is that different from the therapy that I go to when I had a divorce or what, what does that all entail? So psychotherapy, it's a great question. And yes, thank you, Randy, for uh, introducing you. I and myself. Um, so basically psychotherapy is the talk therapy, right? Psychotherapy is the talk therapy. So basically people might call it different things. Psychotherapy, therapy, mental health therapy, mental health counseling. These are some synonyms and words that you, that, um, that are commonly used, but psychotherapy is really the talk therapy where it may be, as you mentioned, you are right. Going through divorce, maybe it's figuring out who you are, how there's a shift in identity, how there's a shift in relationships, trauma, all the things that may have come up. And what that is, is talking through what has happened, how that maybe has changed your view of yourself, the view of the world, how maybe that has caused some fear to move forward in the future. So that's what psychotherapy is. It is the therapy of the psychological mind. Hmm. Okay. But the therapy that I have gone through before is also psychology of the mind, isn't it? So would I say maybe that therapist that walked me through my divorce 
and enabled me to understand how that happened and accept it and grow and heal from it. Couldn't that also be, couldn't I label my therapist then also as a psychotherapist then? Yes, yes. Oh, so okay. there are different, right? Because psychotherapy is a practice. It's a treatment modality. It's a practice. There are different people who do the practice of psychotherapy. I am a psychotherapist. Uh, what that means is I have all of my education in psychology and I do the practice of psychotherapy to talk therapy. There are other practitioners who also do psychotherapy, such as a psychologist. And one of the differences with a psychologist, a psychologist can diagnose a mental health disorder such as depression or anxiety or PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder or schizophrenia or other kind of mental health disorders. A psychologist can diagnose a mental health disorder and can provide the treatment. And the treatment is the psychotherapy. We also here in Canada and probably in different parts of the world have social workers who are trained as social workers, however they do the treatment of psychotherapy. We also have some doctors who are um, medical practitioners who can do psychotherapy as long as they're trained in the talk therapy modality. So like I said, the, the name psychotherapist has a lot of different names. So like a lot of times within my practice, I have psychotherapists who practice the therapy who do the therapeutic work, the therapeutic treatment. So a lot of the names are interchangeable. So let's backtrack. How did you get to this place? Is it a passion of yours? Is the, how did how did psychotherapy come? Because I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm Nigerian. Even though I came to um, Canada in 2001, mm. we we in our Nigerian bubble choose our parents try to guide us in career paths, thinking about money. <laughs> so they're always thinking of the, the the law, the medicine, the accounting, the engineering. If I told my father I wanted to be a psychologist, it's like, what what does that entail? I presume you were born in Canada, so maybe things were kind of very different in your household. But was this always a passion for you? And how did this come about to be able to build the kind of practice that you've built so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, great question. Yes. Yeah, so for me, psychotherapy, being a psychologist has always been a a passion, a want for myself. I've always been interested in the human behavior dynamics and the relational dynamics in the reasons why we choose to do what we do and choose to act how we act and behave how we behave and think how we think. And what I recognize at an early age is that one of the best ways to be able to do that is to understand human behavior, essentially, right? Mm. Um, human behavior, as you said, right, for you, and and um and for for you and for your culture um being nigerian a lot of times it's parents that are guiding children into what profession that they tend to take up or tend to do which is really interesting because that is also a facet of human behavior of the reason why people choose to do things so one of the things that i love about the work that i do is understanding how culture and how language, how religion, how place of birth, how all of these different aspects of the self impact who we are and what drives us. So having all of those interests, that's when I decided, you know what, I do want to study psychology. So I studied psychology in what we call a CJEP or college in, um, in Montreal area. That's where I was born in Montreal. And oh, okay. then from there, 
then from there, what I did, I did an undergrad in psychology and I specialized in cultural psychology with a minor in biology. And then from there, I did grad school. I did a master's in counseling psychology. So all of my educational background has always been in psychology, always studying human behavior and also just different aspects of human behavior. Um, as I mentioned, I have a undergrad minor in biology. And what that means is like studying the biological aspect of human behavior, right? So we know that brain functioning impacts who we are and how we think and how we move and how we behave. So just understanding all of the different aspects of the body, as well as our social surroundings that have an impact on, on who we are. Hmm. You, could have, you could have easily actually even gotten into a pre-med program with all that biology and cultural psychology and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. so, so basically this has always been a passion of yours, is it? Yes. Yes, exactly. And could you trace back to where it came from or how it started for you? Yeah, I guess for me, really wanting to understand my upbringing and my childhood and just the reasons why people do things right one of my first first passions was actually being a marine biologist so a marine biologist is someone who studies marine life right marine life in the ocean and I was always fascinated with marine life I love the ocean I gravitate towards the ocean for me it's very tranquil and healing as for I'm sure a lot of people out there because I've heard that from many many different folks um, so I've always wanted to study biology, um, biology, marine biology, and all of that. But then I recognized that, you know, from growing up, from seeing um, how my parents interacted and just um, how their family dynamics, our family dynamics, how there was a, a breakdown of family dynamics, wanting to understand what has been going on from a psychological perspective. So what has been going on? So that's really what draw, drove me into the, the realm of psychology and to study psychology, really to understand, as I mentioned before, understand human behavior. So understand human behavior, what makes people mad and upset and reasons why. And all of you out there, I'm sure you know people who hold on to grudges. Why are these grudges held on to for so long, right? I'm sure we all know people 20 years plus years holding on to different things. So what is it about the human behavior, the aspect, about that grudge, about the feelings that come up that are often unresolved for people that make people do what they do? Mm -hmm. There are two people that I have on my rotation on my podcast, uh, Esther Perel. Mm -hmm. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure who yes. you are, of course. Yes. And, uh, and, and uh, Tara ta 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 Brock. I don't know if you know okay. Tara Brock. I don't know Tara Brock, no. Okay. Yeah, so Tara Brock, um, what I like about her podcast is she starts off, okay, the last one I listened to was about why Costa Rica is the way it is. Have you mm, ever visited Costa Rica? I have not, no. Okay. So I have actually visited Costa Rica and lived for a total of two months. Okay. And uh, Costa Rica has this kind of very Tico culture. So the men are called Ticos, the women are called Ticas. But when I say Tico culture, it's a very warm culture. And I think they had to be like that because tourism is their biggest revenue mm. earner. But even in as much as I didn't speak any form of Spanish, the society really, really welcomes you in, right? And there's just this Pura Vida kind of lifestyle. Pura Vida is what will be would be so just live life mm -hmm. right yeah mm -hmm. so, so carefree so, carefree not 
I wouldn't say carefree, but almost like don't put too much weight on stuff. At the end of the day, it's a season. It's going to come and it's going to go. You know, you might just feel, you might feel as if everything's about to end, but just like when I had my divorce in 2016, I thought it was the end of the world, but now I'm in 2023 Mm -hmm. and I'm still moving. I'm still thriving by God's grace. So, Mm -hmm. so what, what makes Tara Brock really cool is that Tara Brock would take a topic like love, talk Mm -hmm. about love and talk about it in in its setting. And then in the last five to five to 10 minutes of the show, we're now going to meditation. Mm, nice. so, so it's almost like a session in a way. So yeah. as you as, as you were talking, I was now thinking of uh, Tara Brock and Esther Perel and almost like, what is kind of your own style? Like what kind of, um, do you have branches of therapy or kind of patients that you take in or you can take in anyone that has, is going through any form of uh, mind kind of disturbance and stuff because the person I chose for my divorce is strictly about families and wanting families to still stay together and it's more like a foundation for her so for you Uh with your own practice is there a line that is there is there like a a line that you stay in or you're open to every kind of facet of uh, mental kind of conversations I guess Mm-hmm. No, there's definitely a line that I stay in. So I am a trauma therapist. And oh. what that what that is, I've 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 worked in a whole bunch of different areas of trauma over my life and over my career. Um at the moment as a trauma therapist, I work a lot with individuals who have um what I would call relational stuff. So I'll I'll expand <laughs> on that. So right, the relational traumas. So the relational trauma, such as maybe recognizing that there are some childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences. There's something called adverse childhood experiences. So different childhood experiences that are now in the present causing a lot of present difficulty, but maybe not being able to pinpoint what the present difficulty is or where it's connected to or what it's attributed to. And recognizing that these present things that are happening that are impacting how a person is functioning or not functioning are impacting how a person is coping, maybe coping well or not coping well, how that also has an impact on this person's future. Hmm. So that is the the niche, that's what we call it, the niche of therapy that I do. I do a lot of the trauma therapy, also a lot of the emotional, as I mentioned, emotional stuff, the emotional regulation, the emotional processing, and also the majority of my clientele are struggling with anxiety in some way. I love working with anxiety. Anxiety is a really interesting mental health challenge because we all struggle with some sort of anxiety, but what I recognize from a trauma perspective that there's a lot of things in the present that are causing someone worry or self-doubt or a lot of fear that's holding them stuck and trapped in a certain time in their life and having a lot of difficulty moving forward from that. So that's that's what I call, you know, unpacking the past, past tra- traumas, understanding the present, what's happening today and the here and now, and how that's impacting a person's future. So that's the form of therapy that I do very much the trauma therapy from an emotional, um, what we would call emotional perspective, the emotional regulation, emotional intelligence, emotional processing, as well as the 
anxieties that it also causes individuals as to try to navigate forward. Okay, so I'm going to raise my hand about yes. the anxiety about the anxiety attacks, and I want to put myself as a guinea pig and see if you can help mm-hmm. to unravel why this is happening to me. I'm having anxiety. I've been having anxiety attacks since COVID. Okay, and mine started in April of uh, 2021. 2020, 2021. Mine started April 2021, and for 30 days. I was so scared to open WhatsApp. Mm. And WhatsApp was the form of communication that I used to use to communicate with my clients when I was outside of Canada. So when I had COVID in March 2021 and I recovered from COVID, between the period when I had COVID till April, it took about six weeks for me to recover. So for six weeks, I was out of action. So by the time I logged into WhatsApp, Natasha, I had 30-something messages waiting for me. That red bubble with that number really, really, I, I remember I stiffened up and trying right. to get trying to get through that number to whittle it down to single digits was tough because every time I was responding, new ones were coming in yes. and that number was still staying at 30 and 40. And yes. then all of a sudden I froze and trying to open WhatsApp became a challenge that sometimes I remember I walk around the block mm-hmm. and then I would take a deep breath, I close my eyes and then click on it and do like this and then get to see the number there. And when I see it is still in the thirties and the forties and the fifties, I yeah. freeze again. Mm-hmm. And I finally got over my anxiety attacks last year, summer, June, 2022. I don't know how I did it. I think maybe because I came back to Canada Mm-hmm. And also, I, I also I lost clients because I wasn't responding anymore. Yes, and one of right. one of one of my strong suits from my clients that are no longer with me was UI is very responsive, you know. Mm-hmm. And now and I'm no longer responsive, so they're thinking, is it that he doesn't cherish our business any longer? Mm-hmm. So by the time I finally got to them, it was too late. They had taken their business to somewhere else. Yes. Now this is now why I'm bringing this up. It has come back again. Mm. I have not opened WhatsApp in a week and a half. Okay. Now I have transitioned my clients from WhatsApp to email so that my staff mm-hmm. can look at the emails, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why when I'm outside of Canada, mm-hmm. WhatsApp really, really traumatizes me. I don't know why. Right. Right. There's a trigger there. There's something that's there. So, so let's do this, right? Let's what I, what I call a, a little game. A lot of times I do it with my clients. What I can see, and of course, for anyone listening, I am not, I am not, um, I am a guest on this podcast, and this is the first that I'm hearing about UI's anxiety. So this is right in the moment. Um, Let's figure out what the underlying fear is, because that's what drives anxiety, right? Anxiety in its natural form is a survival mechanism, right? Anxiety from a biological perspective, a natural perspective is a survival mechanism. It's one of those things that we need. We need a certain bit of anxiety in our life. So when we're going to cross the street, we hear traffic coming, we get out of the road, right? Survival protection. But what happens with anxiety when it becomes harmful to us is that 
those neurons are always firing to keep us safe, keep us safe, keep us safe, which like for you going and opening up WhatsApp, there's something connected to WhatsApp over the last week and a half um, that's connected to something that happened in, you said it was um, April 2021. 2021, And I lost, I lost, I lost business there. And you lost business. Yes. Right. So there is a connection that's happening in your mind, probably not consciously because you're not aware of but subconsciously there's a connection to, to in your mind of fear of danger so i would ask you let's figure out together what is the fear let's try to whittle down what that fear is so what is the fear when you think back to april 2021 to after going through six weeks of having covid and the recovery from it sounds like you were in kenya while you had COVID I was, I and was, you were yes. recovering. Okay. So if you take yourself back to that time, you need to close your eyes, you can do that, bring out back to that time. What was the fear after you recovered, after you found yourself in a space and in a place to get back into work? Can you recall what some of the fears were? And don't overthink it. Just say whatever yeah, those yeah, fears yeah. were. Okay. So I, I also need to share with you Guys, by the way, I didn't intend for this to go this dark, but <laughs> let's let, let's do it. Um, I didn't share this with you, or I've never shared this with the audience at all. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to commit suicide too. Okay. I actually walked in front of a vehicle. Okay. And 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 where I stayed at the time was very close to the Department of Defense of Kenya, so there were all this army. There were all this army infrastructure paraphernalia cars that were always going with army insignia on the vehicles and this army truck was coming and i remember i was walking on the sidewalk and it's a very nice neighborhood it's close to the president's uh, uh, official residence and this thought crossed my mind you know you can just end it all now you know mm. and and i was like okay and literally i walked in front of the truck what saved me was there were speed bombs so it had to slow down because of the speed bumps. And it you I, I remember as I'm talking to you right now, two things happening to me. I remember a screeching sound when it was screeching on the brakes. And then I remember two women shouting, what is wrong with you? And they came out of their cars and walked towards me and pulled me to the side. And we're like, is everything okay? Now, mm. talking about fears, when you were talking about just mentioning the word WhatsApp, my heart was my heart started beating very fast. And the fears that were coming at me at the time was I'm gonna be so broke that I might not be able to pay my mortgage because I'm losing business. Mm-hmm. So if I'm losing business, will I be able to pay my staff? Will I be able to still take care of this lifestyle that I've had, which is travel? I've been traveling since 2017 nonstop. And this business was created strictly to enable me to travel. And then number three was just the fact that everything seemed to be falling apart. You know, I started to hate myself for contacting COVID. I was like, I used to feel like very invisible because I'm very physical. Wealth is my strength. I I, I exercise a lot. I try to eat well and everything. So I never thought I would contract COVID. So when it happened to me, I was actually in denial until that night I couldn't breathe. And I was alone at the time. I wasn't in a relationship with a particular person, but I had a lot of one-off relationships, if you want to call it that. 
And that morning, which was around two o'clock in the morning, not able to breathe and running, jogging on the spot to perspire so that I could open up my chest to breathe, made me realize that my life is so lonely that I don't even have a companion to be with me in this moment when somebody could be there in case I died alone, you know? So I think that was another thing. And of course, I went back to my divorce and realized that I really didn't get married for the right reasons, but it's unfortunate that the person used me to come to Canada, right? I was just a, I was just a tool. So all those things were my fears. And I think that is why I decided that that uh, period of time when I saw that army truck to say, you know, I can just end it all now and instead of continuing to have these fears encircle me or just embody me all the time. Right. Wow. It's a lot that you have shared in the last few minutes. So I don't want to skip over what you have shared about um, stepping in front of the truck with the intent to end your life, right? That That is big. So I do want to hold space for that because as you mentioned, you have not shared that with your audience. You probably have not shared that with a lot of people. And just to make space for that so that you can know that I see you and I hear you. And knowing that you even sharing your story so publicly like this, this helps a lot of people who have been potentially the exact same place where you have been, but not being able to mention it or to verbalize it. And it takes a lot of courage. So thank you for trusting me enough with that information that you have shared. And I trust me, I did not plan it at all. I did. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I feel comfortable to share it with you. And this is just our second time having a conversation, but I don't know. I think when I heard the word trauma, and mm. you saying that is your that is your specialty, and that's the track that you stay within, and then you mentioned anxiety. I'm actually going through anxiety right now. I've not opened WhatsApp in one week and a half. And mm -hmm. every time I want to open WhatsApp now, it's still the same. It, suicide is not attached to it now. Mm -hmm. There is no fear of losing business anymore. But I still don't understand why it's there. And, right. and, and, and people are like, what's wrong with you? It's just an app. Just click on it and open it. But I'm like... The other day, I had to give it to my fiance to click for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and that's why I tell people, if you want to communicate with me, Kenya, Kenya is very big on WhatsApp. So um, every small conversation you have with someone, they're like, let me WhatsApp that to you. And I'm like, no, send it to me as an SMS, please. God, Jesus Christ. Can you <laughs> stop with this WhatsApp thing? But yeah. I understand why WhatsApp is big here because data is so cheap. Right. So right, there you go. Right. So, but this is the thing, right? It's not your fears are not connected to the app data being cheap. Your fears are connected to the representation of what the app is, whether it's business, whether it's connection, whether it's um, something. It's connected that way. It's not connected to, you know, this app that we've downloaded and all that is connected to what it represents. So for you to really get to a space of understanding what is happening to you, where these fears are coming from, where they're grounded and what they're anchored to, 
It's about understanding what does it represent or what is the, what's that what if, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? We can actually do this right now if you're open to it. This is a right. activity that I do a lot with my clients who are going through a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. We do this thing called um, what's the worst that can happen so we can get to the root cause of the fear. So I'm open to doing that with you and having your audience listen in as well, if that's something you're comfortable with. Yes, I am. And um, I am definitely willing for you to do that with me and hopefully we get to the root cause. And yeah, um, if we might not be able to finish that in this session, or we can continue in the next session. So um, for this session, I am willing to go for another two minutes and then we'll continue back in the next session when we continue. Okay. Okay. We can do that now, or we could jump into the next one if you wanted to do all, that. All right. So let's jump into the next session so that it's nice and okay. fresh. Uh, so yes. we're going to press pause now and stay with us. Uh, we'll be back with Natasha and maybe you can join along in my journey of relieving my anxiety attacks on WhatsApp. And hopefully if you have uh, something as well in your life that you're dealing with, you can use this practicum that we're about to engage in to whatever it is in your own personal life. Hopefully it's not WhatsApp too. <laughs> but if it is, <laughs> if it is, if it is perfect model, you can use it. So stay with yes. us. Stay with us. We'll be back with Natasha. Yes. You wanted to say something. Yes. Yes. Before we jump off, what I want to preface is for everyone, for yourself, UI, as well as for everyone listening, anxiety and the healing of, I'm doing air quotes, healing of anxiety is not about getting rid of the anxiety. Because anxiety is one of those things that it will be there. What's really important about anxiety and learning about your anxiety is the manageability, is how do you now manage your anxiety? So that's what we will be doing in the next segment. It's understanding. What I always like to go is from these rules. Let's understand it so we could identify it so we can manage it well. Mm. And that's what I'm hearing from you, that... Mm. Right. For the last week and a half, you have not been managing it well, maybe because we can't, you're having difficulty identifying what's going on because maybe you don't understand what's going on. So we're going to do those three. It's really the understanding, the identifying so we can manage. So really mm -hmm. the next piece is really the, so that we can understand it. Understand, understand, identify, manage. Brilliant. All right. We'll be back with Natasha. So we're back and I'm ready to be a guinea pig <laughs> uh, in my session here with Natasha. In the previous segments, I shared with you uh, a situation that happened to me, which I never thought I was going to be public about it, but I'm glad I am. And you asked me if I was open to going through a session with you and how you have worked with your clients through trauma and things of that nature so yes yes and thank you again for sharing that I think that again there's lots of power in sharing that and I know off I just wanted to um situate anyone that's listening and who may be joining in for the second part off offline um I did ask you why you know if he was able to seek help seek um support after the incident that happened and he was able to tell me a little bit more. So um, 
I do want to put that out there that anyone that's listening, anyone that might be in a similar situation, anyone that may have any thoughts that they want to hurt themselves or harm themselves or kill themselves in any way, that help is out there, right? Reach out to someone that you feel supported by, someone that's encouraging, someone that you are comfortable speaking with and reach out and let them know your thoughts. Um, go to a mental health practitioner, a counselor, a therapist, someone that you can trust to have these conversations because we know conversations about mental health are hard. Mental health is one of those things where there's still a lot of stigma around our mental health and around seeking treatment and help for mental health. But if anyone out there is recognizing that they're in a position where they need that help, definitely reach out, connect with other individuals, connect. I know UI, you said, you told me that you, um, you went through your own bout of therapy. So definitely connect to get the names of resources that are out there. Resources are out there. I know a lot of people don't know of the various resources, but they're out there. So definitely reach out and don't go through this alone. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is something called uh, what's the worst that can happen? And the whole point of this exercise is to get you to try to pinpoint what the fear is. Because as you shared, you know, it's WhatsApp, it's the app, it's going in. But as I mentioned, it's not so much the app, it's what it represents. So we need to start whittling down and understanding what's the fear. All right. So ready? Mm-hmm. Again? Okay. All right. So... I'm going to ask you a series of questions. All of them, it's what's the worst that can happen. All right. So UI, what is the worst that can happen if you open up WhatsApp? Uh, the worst that could happen is I see a message that has been there for about a week and a half. I don't know, responded. And I just apologize to the recipient to say, hey, I'm sorry that... Uh, I'm just responding to your message. I typically only come on this platform twice or once a week. And okay. I hope that uh, moving forward, if you please need to communicate with me, can you send me a direct message if possible? That's okay. one. So that, that's, 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 one. that's okay. So the, what I'm understanding from you is the worst that can happen is that you have to apologize. Correct. Okay. So what's the worst that can happen if you apologize? Uh, most times, uh, I think people respect the boundaries that you put in place for yourself. Uh, okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of conversation nowadays about social media and mm-hmm. how people should reduce the reliance on social media. And I consider WhatsApp as a social media as well. Right. Uh, I'm tr- okay. I'm I'm trying my best to go back to how life was so simple back in the days. I know email wasn't back in the day, but um email is email has never been a trigger for me right so, okay so I'll, I'll stop you there let's okay, go back okay. so what is the worst that can happen if you apologize just apologize you apologize and what can happen oh, that's one nothing. word that comes to mind nothing okay uh, nothing now okay let me take it back mm-hmm. if the if the apology is to a client the worst that could happen is I lose the business. Okay. Okay. So you open WhatsApp, you apologize, you can lose the business. What's the worst that can happen if you lose a client's business? I lose the re- 
I lose the revenue that comes with that and I possibly also lose the relationship. The revenue is not a big deal for me. It's the mm, relationship. Relationship. Okay. So you lose the business, you lose the relationship. What is the worst that can happen if you lose that that relationship, whether business or otherwise? Oh, well, mm -hmm. you don't want to lose all your relationships. Okay, um, but what's the worst that can happen if you lose this relationship? It depends on who it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if it's a very very close client actually my closest clients are my friends okay they have they have mm. become friends they have become okay. friends and so friendship correct so what is the and worst that can happen if you lose this friendship wow uh mm. can i say something that happened in the past you can, yes. All right. I lost a relationship like this because of delayed response. And I could not tell the person it was because of my anxiety attacks because I didn't want to come across weak. Mm, because of the stigma, as I was talking about the mental health stigma, the shame, the guilt. Probably, yes. I felt like this person has always seen me to be a very strong person. And has commented me about that several times. And for the first time, I could not be strong. So I lost that relationship. And it still hurts me because okay. he's he's somebody that has been there for me. But unfortunately, the business, he was, he was my biggest client. And also with that... I don't think we have a friendship now. I, I don't know how what he says about me in private anymore. Okay. Okay. So what's the worst that can happen if you lose this friendship or another friendship this way? Hmm. There's one that comes to my mind and I mm -hmm. cannot afford to lose that relationship. I honestly mm -hmm. don't know. I think it would really affect my support system. Okay, so support. Okay. So what is the worst that can happen if you lost your systems of support? Oh, my God. You are really going deep. If I lose my system of support, I'm alone. Mm, okay. So I just want to remind you of something you said in our earlier segment about being alone. And here we are now unpacking this fear and it goes right back to being alone. So I'm going to ask you, I am going to go a little bit deeper. What is the worst that can happen if you're alone? I know where the fear of aloneness is coming from. Mm -hmm. I think if I say something behind that maybe i can answer why this fear of alone is probably a big deal for me mm -hmm. uh, my parents divorced when i was two mm -hmm. and that divorce really really affected me mm. um, did the feelings of alone come up for you oh yeah because you know i was raised by my dad and dad on dads or men are not blessed with nurturing capabilities so when dad scolded me and stuff, there was no one to nurture me or make me feel like he's doing it because 
he cares about you and doesn't want you to continue in that behavior. So you can scold a child and the child feels like you don't love him or care about him, but that's not what it is in an adult's mentality. But for a child, it's almost like no one cares about me. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there is no one to, you know, comfort you or bring you close or give you a hug. So you're basically, mm -hmm. you're basically by yourself. And then you go to school and you react. And in one of my reactions, I was expelled, expelled from primary school mm, okay. because I, I, I got into a fight and and I took it out on that kid, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. Oh, my God. Right, right. I'm not going to go any deeper. I'm not going to go any deeper. There, <laughs> there's with, with this activity, of course, with with um, within the confines of a therapeutic relationship and yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I definitely would go deeper. I do see some themes. I'm not going to go deeper with you. No, no, please do. Right. Right. Do. Yes. Yes, okay, please go. So you're That's you're right. you're okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. So, all right. So I recognize that you speak about alone that brought up memories of parents divorced when you were two. Um, you spoke about you know the relationship with your father as a caregiver, but of course that of you mentioned and and not really of course, but for you you mentioned that there was a nurturing aspect that you did not get there that you needed that all children need, but that you did not get. Um, it sounds to me like there were some feelings of rejection, maybe emotional rejection that that were there. And the interesting thing is, as a two-year-old, it's very hard cognitively, mentally in your mind, figure out what's happening, what's going on, right? A two-year-old's brain is not fully functioned yet, can't make a sense of big adult situations. You just knowing that you need to be cared for. And it sounds to me like there was some rejection there, especially then at school, getting into fights and things like that and being expelled, that there's rejection that's there. So I wonder if now in your mind, and like I said, I'll stop there, but I wanna bring it back. All of this, you know, we've just gone through this exercise of what's the worth that can happen to whittle down so we can get to pieces of the core. But what we've recognized is present day checking WhatsApp, right? Pulling up a phone, checking WhatsApp. Present day checking WhatsApp, it's very connected to past trauma. Right? Divorce can be traumatic for a lot of individuals. I myself am a child of divorce. So I understand that piece. So today, the checking WhatsApp in your mind subconsciously is connected to having to apologize, losing business, losing a business relationship, but also the potential of losing a friendship, um, that there was some fear to speak about your mental health with that friendship, which meant loss of systems of support, which meant being alone, which meant not being potentially cared for, which meant rejection. So today, when you go to pick up WhatsApp, it's not about the WhatsApp. As I said before, it's not about the app. It's about the connection to it. And the connection that we've uncovered today is the systems of support alone, 
not being cared for, potential of being rejected. Right, And this is how, this is an example of, as you asked me before, what, what is my niche? What do I do? Doing the trauma. So understanding how past childhood experiences, how they're still present today. And because they're still present today, they're impacting you today from picking up your phone, going to WhatsApp. That could potentially impact your future, future business deals, future friendships. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. So I would suggest for you, I know that you said that you had a therapist that you worked with before. I would suggest working again, maybe the same therapist, maybe a, another therapist to go through to unpack the fears that are associated, that are showing up. And it sounds to me, as you said, this was a week and a half now with WhatsApp. That's what happening. There's something... There's something probably a week ago, two weeks ago, that has happened that really has sparked these fears. I know what it is. Okay. Now that you just said it, I now know <laughs> what it is. Yes. I opened it and I saw 17. I don't like that bubble. That is why on my phone, I have removed all form of notification. I use an iPhone. And if you use an iPhone, you can enable notifications to have bubbles on each app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I tell you how many. Yeah, I, I, I disable that notification because I don't like those bubbles. But I also don't like those aspects when I go into WhatsApp and see the number of messages. I wish there was a way I could disable the number of messages and know that I can just go through and say, oh, I have unread messages. But when I see 17 mm -hmm. or 2021, see 36, mm -hmm. I don't like that because it's almost like I have let 17 people down down yes and that's the rejection fear that's the rejection fear right if you let people down then it goes back into i have to apologize the possibility of losing friendship losing support system being alone not being cared for rejection there's a rejection fear and i think this rejection fear is i think the bubble with 36 unread messages it triggers your fear of rejection that started when you were young. Hmm. Right? So knowing this now, again, remember I said, understand, identify, manage. Now we're yeah. working on the understanding so that you can identify. What I see, you have a fear. There's a fear of rejection or rejection fear that triggers you, that gets triggered. Right. From WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. yeah. can, can, I, can I jump in? It's funny that that fear of rejection does not come about in business development activities because mm -hmm. my career has been business development. I have always been brought, when I used to work in, for, when I used to work for people before I started on my own 2015, I've always been brought in to build either a new department or a new company and go go get the business. So mm -hmm. the fear the fear of rejection from going to get the business has never ever bothered me. Never no, bothered me. No, because those are those are new relationships moving forward. It's oh. relationships that are already withstanding that are already solidified. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. Right. So this would be what I would say for you. Understand this helps you to understand. I, I see a lot of what I call the light bulbs going off. And it's interesting, there's a light bulb behind you on the wall. Um <laughs> right. <laughs> just it just works out well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So all these light bulbs now help you to understand so you can identify that maybe it's not with a new relationship, it's already solidified relationship where there's a fear of rejection there. Well, they may maintain because usually systems of support, it's not so much new relationships, it's already relationships that have been, been built. True, true, true. Right? You, can, you, can, you can have a support system with new relationships. Yeah, you haven't built anything yet. You're still learning safety and trust and all those things. It's the ones that have already been built. You already have stock in it. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Okay. Right. So what we have learned today is that, well, what we did, we did this activity called What's the Worst That Can Happen? And with that, we were able to dive deep down to understand the underlying, the anchoring of this fear that's playing out very much in the present. What we're able to get down to is systems of, of, of fears around uh, losing friendships, losing systems of support, feeling alone, not feeling careful, rejected. And what we're able to understand that there is a, there is a fe fear of rejection or a rejection fear, and that is getting triggered by going into WhatsApp. So, but, potential of not responding or apologizing and the, the apology not being accepted and then you feeling alone and rejected from standing business relationships and as you mentioned a lot of your business relationships come from individuals who you have a friendship with true right so this fear of rejection you knowing this now now it's the how do you implement, right? It's how do you manage? It's asking yourself, okay, WhatsApp, I have 36 messages. I have 17 messages. By me avoiding, right? Because that's what's happening. You're avoiding to protect yourself from the potential of being rejected, right? A lot of us, we do that because it's protection. A lot of you out there may have heard of avoidance and has spoken about in a negative connotation. Now, avoidance does have a negative connotation, but really people avoid to protect. And that's why you're avoiding WhatsApp because you want to protect yourself from this fear, this potential fear of rejection. But what's happening is that the more you avoid, the feeling is not getting better. The feeling is actually getting worse. Right. So in the short term, in the short term, it feels better. But in the long term, 17 goes to 18 and 18 goes to 20 and 20 goes to 25 and 26. Right. It's getting more and more. more and the feeling is growing and growing and growing and growing. So the way to bring down those feelings and to manage the feelings is to understand, as we said, we understand what the fear is. It's the fear of rejection. Is the fear of apologizing and something going wrong. So it's really now pushing yourself, okay, I know where this is coming from. I need to 
I need to respond. So whether the response is, I got your message, really busy day, I will get back to you tomorrow. Right? Where it's showing some acknowledgement that you've gotten the message and then allowing you space to answer the message. Yeah. Yeah. Because I notice when I finally respond to every message, there's this sense of, oh, like, mm -hmm. it's like still waters again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like still waters again. And in terms of management, there was even a time that I used to put it in my calendar to get notifications, go check WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. But you know, the funny thing back to avoidance I started mm -hmm. to even avoid those notifications. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. 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 Right. It is well. So now you understand a little bit more that's going on. Now you have a plan of action of what to do. What you are going to do is you are going to set times for yourself. Maybe you need to set an alarm in your phone and only give yourself half an hour. Right. Start small, half an hour, respond to some of them. Thank you for your, and you could make a script. You could make a script that you save in your notes, in your draw, in your um drafts. Got your message. Thank you. I'm I'm gonna look into this. I'll get back to you. All right, you know what? This week has been a really busy week. I'm going through my messages. I respond to you. Same thing as people have in their emails, right? Sometimes they have automatic reply, right? But then it's allowing yourself time to answer these. And not answering based on what you think the person wants to hear, but answering based on what's happening with you in terms of business, whether it's someone's like, oh, I need to know about this. Um, has this email gone through because I need to get the papers, whatever it is, so that you can give yourself space to answer the requests that are coming in, the business requests that are coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So you just had a quick a quick session. I know. And <laughs> I have session. And I and I have a question for you. So someone like you that takes that you are in the lane of trauma, mm -hmm. you're taking everybody's trauma in a day. What's your release valve? Yeah. So as a therapist, I have my own therapist. I go to my own therapy for to take care of myself because what I say is, you know, my mental health is my moneymaker. So I need to make sure that my mental health is top notch. So I go to my own therapist. I also have a, um, I guess we say a personal trainer that helps me to work out um, because what, uh, what happens with me is I embody a lot of the stuff. Embodiment is holding in your body. Right. So a lot of people get the tension in their neck, um, back, things like that. So I have a personal trainer that helps me with that. Also, the personal trainer has really I really started working with this person because I got into um, a motor vehicle accident and recognized that I had a lot of stiffness in these certain areas. And these areas get triggered because of the car accident, um, the bus accident. I was I was hit by a bus while driving um, yeah, in Toronto. In Toronto, yes, 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 Ooh, yes. Sorry, sorry yes, about that. Yes, I was. Yes, no, thank you. Long so time when ago? I recognize, um, nineteen, twenty nineteen, so a couple of years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Four, yeah. four years ago. Yeah, exactly. So what I recognize from that is that you know these areas that were triggered 
from my own trauma, getting hit by a bus. Now, these are the areas where all my trauma holds on to in those areas, because the same thing, right? The triggers, as we spoke about. So that's what I do for my own mental health, making sure that I have my own therapist, making sure that I have downtime. Um, that's very important where if I have a busy day where it's emotionally heavy, that I'm scheduling my day accordingly when I have downtime in the evening, I see my personal trainer. And um, more lately, because while I'm here in Toronto, Canada, uh, the weather started to get nice again, going for walks before my day just to clear out so I don't go over capacity. So doing those kind of things really helps me and my mental health. Yeah. And being consistent with them. I have to say that being consistent with them, which sometimes is a struggle for busy entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, now, you are in a field that is very one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and in the process, you have also built a practice that have you have other yes. psychotherapists that are part of you. So it's not just that yes. it's not just Natasha, Natasha Pennycook and just me. It's Natasha yes. Pennycook and and, and Cole. my associates. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where did you did you ever think that you had this business acumen to be able to build a practice and not just be most therapists are one man band shows. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, how did no. you? How did you have the business acumen to still run a business and not just a therapy outfit? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And almost every single day I have to pause and ask myself, what am I doing? Because being an entrepreneur is hard. <laughs> Running a business is hard. Almost every day I'm like, what am I doing? This is a lot of work. Well, you know where it really came from? It really came from the passion to be able to help people. Recognizing that a lot of people have things that happened in their childhood that are not recognizing is still having an impact on who they are and how they're navigating in the world. And so after having a, after being in a toxic workplace in 2019, I left that workplace really upset, very jaded. And I got to a place where I thought that was going to be my dream job. So I got to a place of saying, no, that's it. I am going to create my dream job. And in that I hired a business coach to help me because as you said, as a therapist, I'm very good at the therapy side. And at that, at that time, I didn't know much about the business acumen side of things. So I hired a business coach um, who's really a branding and personal image coach, helped me with my business branding and all of that. And then I went and started my own practice. And then it was Natasha Pennycook, singular. And from there, I had a long waiting list of people wanting to work with me to work with me from the modalities, exactly what we did today, doing a lot of those things and the unpacking and being able to recognize that, hey, there's someone who will get me with what I've gone through in my life, but also that I am a Black woman. And that at the time, a lot of people were looking out for, for Black practitioners, Black therapists, Black psychotherapists, and not knowing where to go and how to navigate those journeys. So... Fast forward uh, a year after, really a year after I started uh, branding myself, I started to have a long waiting list. And in working with the business coach, that is where we worked on, okay, I have a long waiting list. Maybe it is time to incorporate and bring on associates. So I started with my first associate therapist in 2021, summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. Opened up the practice, started with one, and then 
by November 2021, I had two. And then by January, I had, I had five, actually, by January. Hold a second. Are you yes. serious? Yeah, That is a huge growth in the space of it's almost a, like seven months. It's a huge growth. Yes. So basically, the group practice, um, we're almost up on our two years for the group practice. So it's a big growth. It's a big growth in a, in a short span of time. Wow. And how, how have a, you been able to manage that kind of growth? That kind of growth. Administ- administratively, where, um, from an administration standpoint. From an admin standpoint, I had to hire an admin. So right before I, I hired my, our first therapist, I had, I got an admin who helped me to build the admin help. But I had no email address. I had no admin email address. Admin helped me to build, um, to do an excellent job helping me build, getting on a therapist, getting on another therapist. Um, just this past January, sorry, past November, November, 2022, I hired my second admin and then that admin, excellent, excellent, fabulous admin. Unfortunately, they were only with me for a short period of time. And I just hired my third admin now. So I have two admins, one admin for the practice, one admin helping me with the growth, the back end things. Um, I also have a social media coordinator now and I have um, three therapists who are presently with me and I am looking for another one. No wonder. Every time yes. I get emails from you, I mean, they have different <laughs> names at the at the signature. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> yes, yes, because of the growth, because of the growth, right? Wow, because wow. of the growth, yeah. So one of the great things is being able to do this, being able to do the one-on-one therapy. What I've recognized is, you know, interesting enough that we had our earlier conversation. Interesting enough is I recognize that there's a lot of mindset pieces that are a challenge for entrepreneurs that are growing, entrepreneurs that are business owners that have their own business and own, own practice. Things like, right, as you said, checking WhatsApp or checking email, not, not understanding how there are certain blocks there connected to the past that have a big impact on their, their business side of things and their mindset. So one of the things that I've started um, doing and opening up for this spring and summer, I'm going to be doing some mindset coaching, business mindset coaching, for those who may in pos- be in positions to not fully understand why there's present day blocks to move forward within their business. And this is strictly a program for business-minded people. This is strictly a program. I want to say yes for business-minded people. It can also be individuals who are not entrepreneurs, but they're they're working the way up through the corporate ladders of their companies. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I have mm-hmm. to be very conversant of your time yes. because, uh, yes. guys, we 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 um, we had this daylight savings thing that threw off Natasha and everything. So yes. uh, you have probably been, if you've been part of my journey and the kind of conversations I've had with people, we just ramble on and we just have this long <laughs> conversation. But I can't do that with the CEO here. So in wrap in wrapping up, and I might not be able to wrap up everything in this session, but I'll wrap up definitely in the next session. Um, Let's talk about travel. Where have you been? Have you been to any country here in Africa yet? I have not. Unfortunately, I have not. I do have a, a very um, good friend who lives in South Africa. I'm not sure what city, who one day I want to visit. I would love to visit um, 
Kenya, where you are. I would love to visit Nigeria, Ghana, but I have not been on the continent as of yet. As of mm. yet. Have you done, if you didn't pick this up, guys, Natasha is a black woman. Have you done any ancestry or 23andMe to see where your ancestral roots is from? So great question. I have not, but I do know. So yes, I am a black woman of Caribbean heritage. My father is from Jamaica. My mother is from Barbados. What I do know about my ancestry is that my family from Barbados typically come from Ghana. And what oh. I do know about my family from Jamaica typically come from Nigeria. So that is what I do know through lineage, but I have not done the official DNA testing or anything like that. Ah, I see. Okay, mm. that's cool. Yes. And so yes, yes, where, yes. Where, where, this show, a lot of my audience are people that love traveling and adventure. So yes, how, how, yes. how is your travel like? Oh, I love travel. I love adventure. Unfortunately, COVID put a damper in a lot of that for me, such as with a lot of other people. So my my first and foremost um, travel destination, I want to put it there, has been to travel the Caribbean to okay. understand, right? Understand, well, also part of my heritage. So I have been to, I have been to Jamaica. I lived in Jamaica for four months um, for my schooling. So I did all my clinical practice, practice in Jamaica. I've been to, I've been to Haiti. I've been to the other side of Ireland, Dominican Republic. I've been to Puerto Rico. I've been to Bahamas. I've been to St. Kitts and Nevis, to St. Martin. I have been to Barbados. I lived in Barbados for a year. I have traveled down to a quick stop in Trinidad and to Suriname. Hmm. Surinam. So yeah, that's the, a that's yes, a that's Surinam. a Dutch Dutch colony. Yes, exactly, exactly. Suriname was a Dutch colony and is part of the Dutch Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And and yes. of all of all these places you've been to, where, where is your favorite? Oh, that's a hard one. There are segments of each. I absolutely loved Nevis. So Nevis is Saint Kitts and Nevis, very very small island takes about an hour to travel around the whole island. That's an hour with stopping and looking around. <laughs> <laughs> that is really okay. small. That is really That's small. Very, It's very, very small. But the thing that I love about Nevis that I have not found anywhere else is the, the beach is um, the, the black, the sand is like black gray because oh, wow. it's a volcanic I, and it's quiet. The water is clear. It doesn't matter how far I went out, clear, clear to the bottom where I could see my toes and quiet. When I mean quiet, I don't mean quiet where you can still hear the hum of the electric towers. I mean, silent. Hmm. I have never in my life experienced silence like I did visiting Nevis. No electric buzz sound. You know, sometimes you hear that sound, nothing silent I've ne- like i said never experienced this the silent of the world with mm. the clear water with the black gray sand and just seeing out it's beautiful so nevis in terms of the tranquility mm. and the mm. quiet and the stillness it's definitely one of my favorite places all right so we're going to have uh, come to an end for this session and i'm going to bring natasha back just for the last 10 minutes where we wrap up and I ask her my favorite question that I like to ask every guest. 
and then of course get to ask her how you can connect with her if you want to experience the kind of session I just had where I almost had tears in my eyes but I had to stop myself and I'm like you are you on the show stop <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be, we'll be back with Natasha all right so there is a questionnaire that I share with every guest that comes on the show and it's so funny that I finished reading your response to one of those questions and I was like my god she actually applied that to me so this was your response <laughs> this was your response to the to the question which I said is there an anecdote that you would like to cue in the conversation and you wrote our past experiences impact who we are in the present which can negatively impact our future goals if we do not take care for our emotions and the ways we are triggered and I think the key word there that really stood out to me is our future goals. And if wow, I bring it back yes. to myself, my future goals is to be very relevant, to have relevant relationships. And yes. if I'm not, and if I'm not managing this communication thing, unfortunately, yes. it's gonna it's going to impact yes. future goals. And all of a sudden, there's the aspect of not having those relationships that I really cherish would they probably also think maybe i don't cherish the relationships hence why i'm not responding to them <laughs> mm -hmm. yes and and the thing is the 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 reality is that that can be a thought right but the thing is it's not that you're not responding because you don't cherish the relationship you're actually doing the exact opposite you're not responding because you cherish the relationship so much and there's so much value on the relationship that you're you're scared to mess it up mm. Right. You're scared to mess it up, to say the wrong thing, all the stuff that goes along with relationships. Right. True. So the fear that you have is actually not a fear totally connected to your past. It's a fear connected to your future. But you're yes. navigating the fear the way you navigated in the past. That's the issue. Hmm. You get that? It's a fear connected to your future. As you said, your goal is to have strong relationships right your goal is to have these worth worthwhile relationships but you're not navigating your the relationships from your mind from the present you're navigating them from your mind from the past hmm. right the fears wow. of rejection all of that did not care for me all of that and this is what i mean this is why I've decided that I'm, I am going to do some mindset coaching because I've realized this with a lot of individuals who are, whether CEOs or vice presidents or managers or directors and are working their way up the corporate ladder and or like ourselves, entrepreneurs building their, their businesses, that there's a mindset shift that is needed as you go forward. But a lot of times, I can put myself in there, a lot of times we are held back by past mindsets. We need to shift for the future as opposed to holding on to the ways from the past. Hmm. Wow. Touche. So our mm -hmm. uh, final question that I always yes. ask every guest where my audience gets to hear that and I know that we are wrapping up the conversation is, is there a situation that occurred in the past that you could say, wow, I, I like to admit things as failures, but most importantly, how did you rebound from that situation? Yeah, no, that's great. I like to look, maybe similarly, I like to look at things as maybe not so much as failures, but as opportunities that we can learn from and grow from. Mm. And of course, some of those opportunities have been, oh man, I failed at, but what 
do we learn from it to be able to move forward? And I'm the same way with my team. If my team makes a mistake, it's like, okay, we made this mistake. What did we learn? How can we implement that learning so we don't do that again? Do we need a policy or procedure to be written also so we don't do that again? So for myself, I would say one of my areas that I learned from, oh, you know, when I left my toxic job, I was crushed. I left not being in a good mental health state. I was, my last day there, I had my own panic attack where I, because of the work that I do, I recognized it. I understood where I was coming from. I was able to identify it and I had to put things into manage. And part of me managing was that I, I didn't have to be the one who helped myself out of it. I had to go to a colleague to go through it. And what I recognized with my own panic in that moment and my own anxiety in that moment was the fear that I would never be able to do this again to connect with people, to have relationships, to do the therapy thing that I love so much that I'm passionate about. But what I was, what I was um, reminded in that minute that it may have been my last day and my last clients in that location, but it wasn't my last in forever in my life. And what I was able to was to take that situation and take that reminder and recognize that, you know what? This was, quote, unquote, supposed to be my dream job, but maybe it was also the catalyst I needed to really create my dream job, mm. to do what I what I know is um, a God-given purpose to do the work that I do. But recognizing sometimes what we do, we have these limitations that are around us because they're safe. Because as I mentioned before, this is a lot of work. <laughs> Daily, I say that, that this is a lot of work. Daily, I have ideas that I'm like, okay, if I have this idea, I need to implement and move forward. And there's these steps to the implementation. But what I recognized for that was that um, I needed to go through that rock bottom. I needed to go through that moment of panic, that moment of fear to be able to do what I'm doing now. Because as mm -hmm. you said, UI, Right. It was a short period of time where I went from Natasha Pennybook to Natasha Pennybook psychotherapy and have have a team of associates and admins and social media and this whole what I call my dream team. Right. So sometimes it is that things are already put in place and ordained, but there's these things about us that wanting to keep ourselves safe. One of the things with that is as now I'm growing to the next step. I have fear. I have tons of fear where there's things that I need to do to go to the next step. But even in this conversation, in this moment, recognizing that the same fears that I have, I'm still doing same thing I said to you. I'm doing the old ways mm. and lim to that's limiting my future growth, right? So recognizing how do I apply what I know today from today as opposed to what I need for tomorrow from yester, yesteryear's time. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the funny thing that I also could say is you had to have a growth mindset. You had to have this mindset of growth so that in this seven months of growth, it just didn't happen. There was this other, there was this other period of time that happened to be able to allow seven months to happen so instantaneously. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Natasha is so lucky. No, <laughs> I had some times that I needed to build some things and stuff to be able to have this. Yes. One. 
on lots of times, lots of times, right? Because there's, there is the seven months, but there's also the years, maybe what year are we 2023? When I first moved to Ontario, which was 2012, where I had no work, I could not find a job. After 300 plus job interviews, couldn't get hired, couldn't find a job, all of that. Right. So this is now from now that was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. That was 11 years ago where I didn't have a job, where I finally did find a job because of a colleague that I met at a house party mm. who said who even in her practice, she wasn't able to hire me right away. Six months later, called me because one of her therapists had to go on an emergency mat leave and said, OK, come in, come in, work. Here's your clients. Give them a call. Right. So. Yes, it may have been quick in that seven months over the course of the last two years. But as you said, look at all the time before that, the 10 years or so before that building to here, right? So yeah. having that mindset is important. Having the mindset to move forward. Of course, there's going to be fear. Of course, there's going to be um, these worries about rejection or who's going to say what, but if we can stay on the course and understand where we are and what we're building towards, then that's the big thing that changes us and moves us into that direction. Brilliant. So if the audience wants to follow you, how can they yes. do that? Yes. Yeah, so and, and, everyone, you and, can... And, and lastly, when you finish saying that, what's your last parting words to... To, to them as well to, to everyone yes so you know everyone out there listening thank you so much for being a part of this conversation you can find me on all social media platforms so on instagram you can find me at natasha pennycook.therapy that's on instagram you can find me on linkedin at natasha pennycook uh you can also find me on linkedin at my business which is natasha pennycook psychotherapy on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook, also Natasha Pennycook Psychotherapy. So I'm typically on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can follow me there. You can go to my website, uh, www.natashapennycook.com. If you are looking for, if you're in the Ontario area, Ontario, Canada area, looking for psychotherapy. I have a fabulous team of therapists. And as I said, we are growing. You can go on our website, Click on any of the links that say start here and you'll be take, taken right to our intake form. And if you are looking for me, Natasha, to come in to your workplace, to maybe you have a corporate workplace and organization and you're really looking to hold space for mental health for your employees, you can also reach out. I do global speaking right across the world if you want me to come in, whether it's in person and or virtually, we can definitely do that. And as I said, I am starting up coaching, mindset coaching for high achieving entrepreneurs, business owners, people who are working their way up the corporate ladder. Uh, reach out to me at my, um, reach out to me, you can go on the website and reach out to me through speaking or go on the contact us page and reach out. That one, I have not put it out yet. I am only really offering two spots for spring and summer. So um your whoever's listening out there definitely get in because as I said I have two spots so this is kind of exclusive that I'm sharing with UI and with your audience today thank you thank you you're welcome you're welcome and what was the final pattern words you would like to share oh you know 
some words that I have for everyone is that sometimes we focus so much on the thing that causes the block that we're really limiting ourselves and limiting our abilities and limiting our ability to move forward, such as whoever was listening earlier with you, UI, you're focusing on WhatsApp as the app, right? But if we can dig sometimes a little deeper, we can understand why and where that comes from and understand how to move forward. And I think that is very, very important. Hmm. Hmm. Basically, dig deeper. Dig deeper. Sometimes we have to. It's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable, but sometimes we need to dig a little bit deeper so that we can actually move forward so we don't stay final, stuck. And my final parting words is, what's, what will you lose if you if you don't do that? I think that was a term you're always using at me. What, what, what would you lose? I think, is that how you put it? Um, yeah, kind of like, what, what is there to lose? What is there to lose? Yes. Right? So that's, that, what that's what I'm going to gonna... <laughs> What is there to lose? Yes. Natasha, thank yes. you so much for coming on the You're show. Very welcome. Thank you for your time and uh, creating space to even do this. I really appreciate yes. it. Thank you. Thank you for having me and everyone out there. Be well to yourself. All right. Thank you. Talk to you another time. Yes. Bye. Well, there we go. Another episode of uh, the show has come to an end. I hope you enjoy the conversation with the guest and uh, learn something from it and a particular part of uh, his or her story inspired you to make that move, whatever that move could be for you. Uh, with that being said, please subscribe to the show. Uh, you can also leave a review. The review really helps the show to grow and gets uh, in the ears of other people. Um, also share with a friend, someone that you know in your network that you believe this episode, they need to hear this. Uh, you can share it with that individual. Uh, whatever podcast directory you use, uh, look for the share option and uh, share it to that person. Lastly, don't forget to go on the website, www.uriukpong.com to subscribe to Three Nuggets Weekly where I share three things that I found interesting the previous week and uh, think may add value to your life. With that being said, I'm wishing you a great week and I will uh, come back to your ears next week. Have a good one now and do something crazy. Bye for now. <laughs>